right, you ready? Ready. Hello. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, uh, you first. Hello and welcome to episode four of Life's Toolbox. I'm Dana Bridgewater and I'll be moderating. And I'm Marcus Bridgewater and I'll be answering questions. Today we are discussing Marcus's first enlightenment. Yeah, what a time in life that was. So why don't you tell about tell us about it? Can you describe the circumstances in your life at the time? Where were you? How old were you? What were you doing for work? Okay, so I was still a student. Mm -hmm. um, I was in college, and I was uh, while in college, I was working long hours inside conservatory, and I was doing my best to maintain my well-being but I was also really pushed by spiritual practice and by spiritual thought and I was spending a lot of time meditating and spending time in the woods and in spiritual places in college and that was leading to some what I would what I used to call very righteous experiences experiences where nature and timing would sync up to make incredible moments you know you step into a patch that's completely dark and then you look up into the sky and in the very small window that you see the moon opens up in a in some sunlight and shines on you and you're like oh man I'm in the spotlight like something in theater um, but it was completely at random in nature what led you to have these righteous experiences did you have spiritual goals that's a that's a great question uh, I don't think it was a spiritual goal I was curious and I was exploring life I was wanting to learn about life and learn about what it meant to go down some of these pathways of questioning and I also liked being in the woods I can't stress that enough I really liked trees being around me I really liked the eeriness of being in that kind of a space at night so you were in college do you remember how old you were I must have been right about 20. 20? Yeah, right about 20, um, approaching 21 when I had that really incredible experience. Um, and I was having conversations with lots of friends and I was also visiting um, lots of different religious establishments in the area mm -hmm. where they were, whether they were churches or temples or just um, places people went to meditate. Mm -hmm. Were you expecting the enlightenment? No, no. And I, I, I think it's, you know, I've thought about the idea of calling it an enlightenment, um, but it's only because after I was having conversations about the thoughts that I was given that so many people said, man, you're enlightened, you know, there's something to the weight of thought that you have here. So before we talk about what the enlightenment taught you, let's talk about the experience itself. So you didn't expect it. Excuse what was me. it like to 
go from one minute not being enlightened to having whatever experience it was and then having this takeaway having whatever it was that led you to feel like you'd gone through an experience that could be considered an enlightenment which to me sounds like some type of transformation it was an incredible experience and it was very jarring um it actually in many ways separated me from my peers mm -hmm. and that was um that was in itself um, strange I, I was given complexities of thoughts that made so much sense to me and affected many different parts of my life, mm -hmm. but I, could ex I couldn't explain it very well. Was it the type of thing where suddenly you were different? How long did the process <sighs> yes, of being enlightened yes. last? Was it blink of an eye or can you describe that for us? Oh, that that's a really good question. Uh, I was already a little strange, let's say, <laughs> but um, that's just because I like to ask questions and would do things that won't, weren't necessarily the normal. But I, I wasn't being malice and I wasn't being unkind or, or rude. I was just trying to learn. Um, and I felt like the change was gradual, but it seems like the more I look at it, the change was somewhat instantaneous. My choices and my thought process was just different, and I, I tried to act differently accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that made for some questions from some of my close friends, but after explaining, they were like, ah, oh, it's just you growing, and, mm -hmm. you know, um, several times I tried to explain the depths of the thoughts and I know I sounded absolutely strange. It was interesting to go from one space to another and having had really nothing but thought bring you from that place, from one place to another. It's, it's actually, as I go to talk about it, it's, it's, it's an interesting experience to try to reflect on. I can only imagine. So I'd be curious to know, what were you doing that provoked the enlightenment? Were you meditating? Were you running through the woods? Were you doing something else? I was, at this particular time, I was um, in the woods and I had been having a, a hard time with school and with life in general um the need to work for money was becoming very real i had a lot of work studies i had to do mm -hmm. and so i couldn't play as much and i think one of those times um, when i was done with my work study i went into the woods so i could get myself in a good mindset before i went through the rest of the day and, mm -hmm. and the rest of the class and I remember thinking, I need to stop and collect myself, and so I did. And I stopped um, and sat there next to a tree and really tried to collect myself. And in that process, I had, I think, an eye-opening experience. Mm -hmm. um, 
several thoughts that I had been skipping around really culminated together to bring me to a state of awareness where I I saw my choices and I saw my understanding of life broaden right before my eyes and all of a sudden I was giddy in some ways I got up and I was like wow that's wild that's a great thought I was excited to share it so it sounds like you did not consider yourself enlightened after having that thought that led you to be giddy but you noticed that you were different yes What was the significance of having that thought come to you? Did you describe yourself to yourself as being a different person? Because when we hear the idea of being enlightened, as I discussed previously, it sounds like something transformative, but you were not yet referring to yourself in that way. No, I would not have ever been like, oh man, I'm, I'm enlightened now. Um, and, and especially considering I was still so young, mm-hmm. um, I think many of us are are hit with thoughts and and understanding that are beyond our years, mm-hmm. and that is a form of enlightenment. But especially in today's time, we don't have time to appreciate that caliber of an experience, yeah. and so we skim past it. We don't write it down. We don't journal it. We don't really try to absorb it. But I I I was gung ho about those kinds of things. Um, Mm-hmm. the chill factor so to say and it it was um the, the chill factor being you know some people are like oh this gave me chills or that gave me chills and oh. i thought i, I, <laughs> I, I like being like the cool oh factor. the cool factor no 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 <laughs> like the I, I call it the chills factor because um what gives people chills is unique mm-hmm. to each person and some people are more sensitive to certain frequencies than others and so they can get chills more often than others Mm. um some people are really insensitive and so they never get chills it's just something they never experience um for me if i am hit with a thought that resonates and i can see how i can share that thought with other people i get this giddiness that's like oh i think that's what people are are calling chills Mm. because i'm i'm compelled to want to share it mm-hmm. and so that was the it was like oh i'm filled with the chill factor and i was like that's awesome i can't wait to go share this thought but as i was sharing the thought the amount of people who responded with whoa that's heady that's heavy that's deep oh mm-hmm. my gosh where did that come from where did you read this where did you hear this what and i'm like oh this actually just came to me when i was having this series of thoughts and that became um, something that I realized I have that I can share. Mm-hmm. And in sharing it, I watched people's minds broaden. I watched people's hearts opened. I watched people change. So that leads me to a question that I had. How would you define enlightenment? Okay. Um, I would define enlightenment as having been gifted a thought that enables you to see beyond your years and enables you to come to a place of peace so that you are able to explain 
and experience with your fellow human being, with the fellow lives that are around you, with the environment that you're within, mm -hmm. in a way that is of the highest consciousness. That's a great definition. Thank you. So I'd love to know now, what was the thought? Oh man. What were you gifted with? What wisdom came to you? The wisdom that came to me, <laughs> drum roll please, da -da 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 -da, is love and fear are at odds with each other, obviously, but that people have been feeding fear and it is a choice, like a ebb and flow in the universe. We can decide how much of what we are surrounded by, like magnetism. And I was hit with the realization people have chosen fear. Mm. People don't have peace right now. People didn't have peace around me because they chose fear. Mm -hmm. And you can choose love. It, it is a choice that can be made. Mm -hmm. And the reason why so many people don't feel like they can choose love over fear is because they've been taught over generations that this is how that works. And that's what they've been doing for a long time. And, and, and that realization came to me and it was like a, a weight that lifted where I realized all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, I just got to make people more aware of their fears. Like you, you don't need to be afraid. Fear is like a virus. It's, it's, it's actually like crippling mm -hmm. your ability to make connection, your ability to smile, your ability to engage with people, your ability to take good breath. You don't, you, you don't have any peace because you don't actually know how to address your fears. Mm -hmm. um, and and that led me to a place where you know I'm I, I'm 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 questioning what is fear and why do we fear what does it mean to be in constant um, worryness uh, what does it mean to be afraid and so many people I think are afraid these days and uh, don't know why and haven't stopped to think about it. So aside from having conversations with people in your community, how did this enlightenment affect you? Oh, it, it made me that much more conscious of my own fears. Uh, it made me stop and, and in every moment make sure fear wasn't driving me. Uh, it's why I started focusing so heavily on the principles that I was. Um, I have a principle that I try to live by. Uh, may, many of these thoughts you may have heard, but I've, I've put them together on purpose. Fear is a tool and shouldn't be a trap. If you heard me talk about tools, then you know I take tools very seriously. Fear is a tool. Many of us do not use fear as a tool. And so, because you're not in control of the said tool, that tool has trapped you and now it controls you. Do not run with fear. To run with fear is to run from love, right? And so, even if you are running from something, it shouldn't be because you are afraid. It is because you are determined to survive. Mm -hmm. 
Think about the difference in the thought process. All of a sudden, I'm not running because I'm, I'm, I'm so afraid of what will happen. I'm running because I know that this is my best means for making a better next choice, a better step, right? So fear should only be a tool to propel one's awareness of why to be cautious. But so often we have had fear be like a chopping block and it just builds a five foot thick wall that now we don't want to look at the other side. And we never even question what it was, why it was, and now we'll never know. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be so much harder for us to ever even go and address this thing because our fear is now heavy, cemented. So your enlightenment showed you fear and love were at odds, which is something you had known, but it became more obvious and apparent to you that people were choosing fear over love. Mm -hmm. It led you to question your choices and mm -hmm. make sure that fear was not what was driving you. Did it help you figure out how to help people choose love? Yes, it did. It did. Um, it helped me because it showed me that every choice I make is adding to my character, to my being, is adding to the standard that I, I have right beside me. And if the choices I make are sound, are, are courageous, mm -hmm. are deliberate, are kind, patient, and positive, then people are likely to imitate, mm. right? It's only if you are courageous, if you are with the thought process of community that you drive to carve a pathway through the forest. Yeah. And in doing so, you enable everyone to come out of the desert, right? But to get into the forest is not just a walk into an oasis, it's not a walk into a spring. There are many thorns, there are many bushes, there are many obstacles to get to the water inside the forest once you've been crossing through the desert so it's in our best interest to work together but many of us are afraid even though the sand burns our feet where we are right now we are afraid to go into the darkness of the jungle that we do not know mm -hmm. someone has to be courageous someone has to take it upon themselves to go about carefully meticulously deliberately carving a pathway into the forest mm -hmm. to encourage more people to come out of the desert. Well, that ties into a question it looks like we have received, and it is, where would the line be between, quote, determined to survive and afraid? Oh, uh, here we go. All right, I hope you guys are uh, coming with, with, <laughs> with, with uh, more of these really phenomenal questions. Um, that's a really, really good question. Okay. Um, where would the line be determined to survive and afraid? Okay. The line would be drawn on where one is stricken by choice, right? Are you so afraid that you cannot make a choice that is in your best intro of survival, interest of survival? So think about that for a moment, right? There is afraid. And just because you are afraid does not mean that you are 
immobile does not mean that you have stopped, does not mean that you are unconscious. But many of us now, if we are afraid, that's what it means. Um, you think about how many phobias there are. If you're afraid of the spider, oh, you can't move. You don't do anything. You don't go to defend yourself against the spider. Well, you're not going to survive. So where is that line drawn? It's drawn where you inside yourself have come to a place of peace so that you actually are in control of your fears and you can insert courage. You can insert choice. Many people think that that's impossible, especially if they have been living with a fear for a long time, mm. right? And, and that's why fear is a tool and shouldn't be a trap, but if it's not a tool, it will be a trap. Well, that connects to a comment we received that reads, courage isn't the absence of fear, it's facing your fear. Mm, absolutely. Fear is a tool. It's not something I think we should abandon. Fear is also linked to caution, right? There's a reason why you need to be cautious when you are on a mountaintop and you are traversing over any gaps, mm -hmm. right? But to be afraid and to have fear drive you will likely mean that you will rush to get over the gap and likely slip into the gap. The, the fear is a part of existence, just like love. So what was I saying earlier? Love and fear are currently at odds with one another, but they shouldn't be. Mm. They should just simply exist in the plethora of the universe that we acknowledge, but we shouldn't be building on fear. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm, 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 I'm trying to say. And so it's not that fear should ever go away. Um, I don't know that that would be wise. There is a reason that we should be nervous when we hear thunder in the sky. To, to take lightning for granted is to welcome death, right? But lightning can also be harnessed. So... As I was thinking about what you were describing in terms of fear being linked to caution, I was thinking about our baby, and I think you heard me think of him. <laughs> and let out a, hey, don't forget about me. Hey! <laughs> um, must have woken up from his nap, but I'll go check in one moment. Sounds like he might have just quieted himself. Sometimes he wakes up, cries a little bit, and then just goes back to sleep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But anyway, one of the things that I was thinking about is... Um, if I were to abandon fear, I might abandon my caution and be a poor mother because I would not be at all concerned for him. But if I were to let fear drive me, then I might be compulsive with how I care for him. For example, I always like to make sure the blanket doesn't go over his face to restrict mm -hmm. his breathing. But if I let that fear drive me, then I might take the blanket off completely and he gets too cold. Exactly. So, exactly. motherhood calls. <laughs> so, as we say that, right, I have this thought process that I'll share with you, and I've shared it regularly, okay? Um, and this is a, a huge part of my philosophy. Um, if you guys don't know, please go check out Choice Forward, right? This is what I do for a living, is I share kindness, patience, positivity, motivation, and inspiration, high-level concepts to help people embrace life. So, tool versus vice. Everything, everywhere has the potential to be a tool. And it really should be a tool. But what keeps anything from being a vice, right? The same tool will become a vice without 
discipline and moderation being applied by the user. So each one of us is the user of our love and fear in our lives. Without discipline and moderation of how we use our fears, just like how we use our love, it will turn into a vice and it will cripple us. And so it's, it's important that we address the virus that is fear so that we acknowledge how many of us have been afraid unnecessarily and are perpetuating animosity, anxiety, perpetuating a kind of state of negativity because they can't separate the difference between needing to be cautious and allowing that cautiousness to turn into a state of constant worry. Beautifully said. As we wrap up this conversation, I'd like to know how has this enlightenment that you had 16 years ago, <laughs> that's hard to believe, yeah, it's wild. Uh, continue to affect your life? Uh, uh, it's continued to affect my life in many ways. Um, I, after all these years, see ever clearer every day. I see even more clearly every year that passes how much we are adding fear to society mm -hmm. and how we how desperately we need to change that if we are going to make progress in our world um so i'm still driven by love um it's why now i feel thankful after all these years i'm able to articulate how important kindness patience and positivity are to maintaining the ties of love and how the opposites of kindness, patience, and positivity, right? Um, anger, aggression, um, impatience, um, negativity. These things usually come from an umbrella of fear, from some umbrella of worry, from some umbrella of um, weight that, again, I think many of us are fostering, too many of us are accepting, and too many of us are encouraging our next generation and our loved ones to put on that weight. And so with that weight, we're not doing enough metaphorical push-ups to actually stand up straight. And so many of us are poor posture these days um, because of how much fear we have on our backs and how little love we've put in our hearts. Yesterday Marcus was speaking to someone who described his way of connecting plants to wellness as exquisitely delivered. <laughs> and I think that's the perfect way to sum up how you just finished up that thought. Well, thank you, Dana. That's very kind of delivered. you. Very kind of you. Uh, word from the sponsors? Yes, well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Thank you for listening to this conversation. Thank you for your comments and your questions. I think this is a fascinating subject, and I'd love to hear other people talk about their enlightenments. It sounds like you've had multiple because today we just described your first. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we can find other people and have them on the podcast and talk about their experiences with being gifted wisdom. 
If anyone is interested in learning more about Marcus's approach to personal growth and personal wellness, I highly recommend you check out How to Grow, Nurture Your Garden, Nurture Yourself. It is a personal growth book written through the lens of the garden and it incorporates experiences from Marcus's life ranging from his childhood to his adulthood. It is available everywhere books are sold and there is an audiobook that he narrated himself. So if you'd like to listen to it in his words and his voice, you can do that. The next thing I will mention is that we are having a peace program in January. This is going to be a live four-week program. It will be interactive. Um, each week we'll have a different session with Marcus focused on peace. People will have the opportunity not only to listen to Marcus, of course, but also ask questions. So if this is something that you think could interest you, go to the link in his bio and sign up. There are limited spaces, but we think this will be a fantastic way for people to start the year. We know that peace is something that's missing from a lot of people's lives right mm -hmm. now. There's anxiety, there's depression, there's frustration, there's the weight of the world, there's things like environmental destruction, there's the pressures of work. And so if you feel like peace is something that could help you have a better 2024, link in Marcus's bio is the place to go. Sign up for the peace program. Every participant will also also get a follow-up call with Marcus so after you complete the program you will have the opportunity to talk to Marcus one-on-one -on -one about your goals what you're experiencing and get some of his insight tailored to your personal experience mm -hmm. all right I think the baby is saying it is time <laughs> inside, parents. Um, the last thing I'll say about the peace program as I go around and I look at um, the state of the world there are some of us who have access to resources and some of us who don't um, some of us have access to tiers of insurance that some of us don't. When it comes to whatever kind of therapy you are using, um, the PEACE program is likely going to be cheaper given how much time you, have, uh, you will put in and what you will get out is likely to be cheaper than anything you will find on the market. And I say that because... I know cost matters to people, and so we've done what we could to make making your worth valuable easy. So I hope that you appreciate that work and that you join us in January. Um, until the next time, let us take some time to breathe together on behalf of our fellow human beings. Okay? Let's breathe. Deep breath. Hold that breath. And release. Thank you guys. Remember, share kindness, patience, and positivity with yourselves and each other so that we can build stronger communities and healthier environments and we can all grow together. I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.